Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! of our main show. I am your herd leader, John Wayne. And I am your herd mom, Megan. And this week we have a fun one, uh, one that we've been looking forward to. We always yes. look forward to all that we do because we planned it and we're happy to make it and we do it because it makes us happy because it's our show. But we love sharing it with you, so hopefully you are excited about what we're talking about today. And if you don't know what we're talking about today, then just read the title of the episode. Read a book. I don't know how you would have gotten this far without knowing, but if you didn't know, we're talking about bounty hunters today. Yeet. Particularly the, oh, I got the hiccups. <coughs> OG bounty hunters, uh, the classic original trilogy bounty yes. hunters, just because this is going to be a full episode in and of itself, yes. uh, and we're not even going to cover the bounty hunter, so more than likely down the road after Megan's been properly introduced to some of the more Clone Wars era mm -hmm. uh, bounty hunters, we'll probably revisit bounty hunters to talk about them mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. But Yes, my favorite bounty hunters we're going to be talking about today. You got Buckethead, you got Turban Man, you got uh, Weird Guy and his robot friend, <laughs> you got uh, Drink Machine... What am I missing? Oh, you got Lizard Man. There we go. You got Lizard we up, Man. And we, we got other Lizard Man. We do. Lesser Lizard Man. <laughs> Aw. So yeah. mean. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Um, we are watching... We're beginning our rewatch of Season 2 of The Clone Wars this Friday. Uh, and so that begins with uh, Cad Bane's introduction into The Clone Wars and just into uh, the galaxy. And so... In tying with that, uh, I thought it was a good time that we talk about some of our favorite characters. Most of our favorite characters tend to be bad guys or rogues, um, and usually on the spec, the, the uh, what's it called, Venn diagram of loved characters, the middle ground is always sure to have bounty hunters that uh, mm -hmm. Megan and I both love very much. And from the likes, uh, or from the looks of some of the questions we asked you guys, several others that follow us are also Bounty Hunter fans. Yeah. So, um, Smart people. We this like is one them. of those episodes where it's a blend of conversation and education. We're going to kind of run down the history of the different characters. Uh, for some of them, we're even going to get into the ins and outs of their legends history versus their canon because some of them have very interesting legend stories that we don't want to ignore. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of kind of talking about them and, uh, and breaking them down as a character and kind of fangirling at some points, I'm sure, and just having a good old time. And, uh, hopefully you may, you might learn something or, uh, at least enjoy the conversation. And if, um, you want, you can join in that conversation, not as it's happening. We can't hear you right now if you were to speak to us because number one we're in the past according to where you're now listening to this episode but we're also not in your microphone i don't know if you know this but we don't live in your devices or your headphones and such we what we we live in our own little world uh so don't talk at us like 
right now, but do talk at us on the social medias. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your favorite uh, bounty hunter. They can be OG or not, and tell us why you love them. We got a lot of people that told us uh, some of their favorites and why, but uh, certainly would love to hear from more of you uh, who your favorite is and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, as always, though, before we get into the show, we have the news. So we're going to roll on into that. Yeah. All right, John, we have a very important piece of news. Are you really going to do this? I'm right? going to do this Dang today, it. right now. <laughs> John, ladies and gentlemen, we might have a Bothan. Might. <laughs> might have a Bothan. Might. Star Wars Resistance has given us what could be a Bothan. It's Bothan adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Jason. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot. that's what a, a lot of people are hoping for or assuming. He does resemble what we know to be Bothans <clears throat> from Legends, albeit a little bit thinner and uh, lengthier. Yeah. But he is very lion-faced, and so could be our first look at a canon Bothan. It's hard to believe that in canon we, we don't know what the many Bothans that died look like. Yeah. Uh, you know, having grown up with Bothans in various EU stories, I think, I, I sometimes forget that that doesn't exist anymore, so it's kind of like, oh wait, they actually don't know what a Bothan is. Yeah, and for updates on this news story, I want you to go to Twitter and follow, is it a Bothan? Because it is just a wonderful Twitter yeah. account anyway. And uh, it kind of, is, is, is it going to go out of business if we get a confirmed Bothan? If we know what a Bothan is, are we going to have any is it a Bothan memes left? Yeah. There are many things that are not a Bothan, John. Right, but if we know what a Bothan is, then we know what's obviously not a Bothan. John, which would put that Twitter account out of business. There are two types of things in this world. Pizza and not pizza. That still <laughs> doesn't answer my question. If anything, it proves my point. There's Bothan and not Bothan. Like, what's, anything, the, what's the confusion? If anything, you need to open up your heart to this Bothan situation we're having right now. So. I'm opening. That's why I'm, I'm letting this, this happen right now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. So it could be a Bothan. Could be a Bothan. There you go. Want it to be a Bothan? Please. It's been 36 hours, and it has not been confirmed. It's been a lot longer than that. It's been that. a lot You're longer late. than 36 hours. That's just what the Twitter post said. Yeah. Excuse me. From, like, a day ago. Shh. I want to do the news now. Okay. Right? Yep. You ready? Uh-huh. Take a sip. Gaming news! I'm sorry, I was sipping. <laughs> John. Oh, yes, gaming news. Gaming okay. news. I'm here. Geonosis and Obi-Wan, one week later. John, after playing it, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> uh, that was concise. I Thank you. <laughs> love it. Imagine just a horse head. Yeah. A um, thumbs up. I I was very, very excited for Geonosis, and I was not disappointed. I got to play it quite a lot. Um, Even in the screamy bits. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I had completely forgotten that this weekend was a double experience weekend, so being I couldn't play during the week, all of my playing uh, happened then and uh, earned me double the points, and so it was really nice. I love the gameplay of it. Even playing it, I think I've probably played it about 14 times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it never loses its appeal, its touch, its action. It, it always, each match feels like a whole new 
realm of possibilities can be had and and so it really keeps you on your toes and what worked in the last one might not work this time you have to stay adaptive and you have to be malleable especially depending on what kind of team members you're partnered with mm -hmm. um and you know depending on what side you're playing uh it's actually not as difficult as i thought it would be to be on the droid side and to uh be on the offensive against the clones uh, from the updates, it sounded like the clones were going to have an easy time dominating the field with the ATTs, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised when I was on the other other side of it that you can repel them um, if you and your team work together and whatnot. Um, hmm. I've gotten to play Obi Wan a little bit. His abilities aren't as um, hello there ridiculous as I thought, uh, which is nice because from the from the sounds of it when they first announced it, it sounded like he was going to be the next Palpatine, which is just way too OP for standard combat, but actually works out pretty well. Um, I didn't get to play Obi-Wan that much. Usually by the time I realize I have the points to uh, purchase a hero, all the heroes are in play already, so mm. um, there was a couple of times I just happened to realize no one was playing as Obi-Wan, and so I jumped on it, but yeah, I think, I think all of it's really, really great, um, and yeah, I'm excited for the general Kenobi skin that's coming out. Um, I still haven't purchased the Clone Trooper skins, but uh, I'm hoping soon to have enough credits to do that. But when with all the work and, like, work, work, and then work on the podcast and <coughs> just everything going on, it's kind of hard to fit in gameplay time, so I'm kind of restricted to the weekends. But luckily, yeah. uh, Ryan's been uh, patient and uh, joined me on quite a few uh, good games, so... Yeah, thanks, Ryan. yeah. You make it so I don't have to play with him. Right, not yet. Not until the game streams come up. Ha <laughs> ha! We will burn that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, un unrelated news, my sim is doing very well. Good she job. She's now a, a tier 3 celebrity. So yeah. There you go. Nice. Yep, her name is Julia. Uh, so, that is it for gaming news. And gaming opinion, I suppose. Comic news! Yeah, it's not really news, because there's yeah. not... There's not really news. December is kind of a quiet month. The only thing happening is the other Obi-Wan skins, so... The only thing happening in December is Krima. Well, I mean... Krima, John! gaming... You did not do your fourth day. I didn't day. do it for the day. I'm going to do it after we finish the podcast, if we ever finish the podcast. If we ever finish the podcast. <laughs> There's no end in sight. <laughs> anyway. So, can I finish comic news? Yes. I'll take that as yes. Out this week... Star Wars, Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars, <laughs> Edge of Republic, Qui Gon Jinn number one, yay! Uh, Star Wars number fifty eight and Star Wars Adventure Destroyer Down number two. Yay! Wow, fun times. Yeah. Um, Are you excited to read the Qui Gon comic? I am. Uh, it looks interesting. We've seen a couple of the pages from the uh, pre preview day yeah. comic. Um, so any more Qui-Gon is good Qui-Gon. Um, and I'm excited yeah. for the Destroyer Down. I love, I, you know, we talk a lot about Star Wars Adventures. We like it, um, even though it's kind of written off because it's a little bit more fun and young and simple. It's hip and young and teen. But it, a lot of the stories are really enjoyable because they don't take themselves so super Star Wars serious. Yeah. Uh, if that may, It's not that, oh... All kinds of goofy stuff happen. No, but they just 
they allow themselves to have some wiggle room on what can and can't happen and how and yeah. with who. Um, but the Destroyer Down series started uh, a few weeks ago, and basically it has to do with the Destroyer that crashed on Jakku, which we see Rey scavenging in in uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, I believe it's the Star Destroyer Ravager. Uh, I could be wrong. There's a lot of Star Destroyers there, but um, regardless, uh, it has to do with several other individuals coming in contact with something significant with the Star Destroyer, uh, and so it's a really, it's a really cool concept. It jumps a lot uh, between different characters and uh, over uh, the couple issues, so. I really recommend it. Um, number one, if you're a fan of Rey, if you're a fan of anything around the realm of Force Awakens characters like Uncle Plot and Constable Zuvio, um, or if you're just a fan of simpler comics, not such yeah. serious, weighty Darth Vader or main series comics, Star Wars Adventures is a good one. And this is a cool little series happening right now that you can jump into. So Yeah, jump into it. Like in uh, the opening of Reading Rainbow. Yeah. Sure. I can I go anywhere. That show. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. read. Don't worry. Is it on Netflix? Because you need to. You need to experience. Jeopardy's on Netflix, though. I know, right? I was watching <laughs> I'm a, it earlier. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's what I do all day. I I, I clean and I watch Jeopardy. <laughs> Sometimes one gets done more than the other. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, nothing in book <clears throat> news this week. Yeah, nothing in book news for a while. Yeah. Um, we're not getting a new book, I believe. And I'm, I'm not talking about a reissue or some... I'm, I'm talking about a legitimate book release we're not getting until probably March. So that means after the first of the year we'll probably get some more information. Beans. The only thing book-related was they released, I believe, a list of about five other authors, including E.K. Johnston, that would be coming to Star Wars Celebration, mm. which is no surprise because it happens very close after several big book releases or just before and, and whatnot, so yeah. uh, no surprise there that several well-known authors, Claudia Gray and uh, Kevin Scott and, yeah. um, oh my gosh, how does he, how is he, Timothy Zahn, my goodness, my brain farted for a second there, and I was like, who <laughs> wrote Thrawn? <laughs> um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, that's just a couple of the bigger names, but there, there are several different authors, but you can... I mean, like I said, that was the only book-related thing. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can go over to StarWars.com and, and mm -hmm. see who specifically. Uh, that way, if you are going to Celebration, you can plan what books to take to get signed. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's it, book-related. Book um, I didn't include it because, again, it was kind of small. Here, how about a book recommendation, John? Give like right a, now? Yeah, go ahead. Give him a book recommendation. Um, doesn't have to be a Star Wars book. Yes, it does. Just read a book. That's my recommendation. <laughs> um, I just recently restarted reading the Aftermath trilogy. I know it's not a book, uh, but you can't have one without the other two. So mm -hmm. I guess I would recommend that. I've just I've been on a kick of wanting to fill in that post indoor uh, era a little bit more. So I mm -hmm. wanted to go back and reread some of those stories. Uh, especially since, you know, with The Mandalorian coming out, I wanted to refresh on what's kind of going on yeah. around that time frame. So if you haven't read the Aftermath Trilogy, it's by Chuck Wendig. It's a very good 
a series of books, and like I said, it happens after the Battle of Endor, deals with several different characters, including Ray Sloan and uh, Snap Wexley's parents, and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. And you also get family dynamic stuff with Han and Leia and, and Baby Ben and all that stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, you want to read a good book? Read the Sawbones book. Yeah, that's a good book, and that's podcast adjacent. Yeah, if you want to wow your friend with your ridiculous medical commentary. Hey, you want to uh, know what trepanation is? There's a podcast for that. Don't drill a hole in your head. Basically. Please. If you do that, don't blame it on us because of the rabbit trails, okay? Yeah. We, we, I promise we try to stay on top of it. Hey, you want to know about pellegra? There's a book for that. It's called the Sawbones book. As someone who loves medical history, read it. Um, so, moving on, finally, to film and TV news. Oh, uh, yes, that's what we're here to talk about. Yes. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy Adventures! There's an exclamation point, so I'm going to read that. Yes, it's awesome. The series is out now on StarWarsKids.com and Star Wars Kids YouTube channel and features several shorts, uh, now and many more in the future, which seek to make introducing kids and younger audience to Star Wars much easier and much more enjoyable. Excuse me for a moment. <coughs> I'm back. Uh, the, the art and the storytelling are both very stylized and beautiful. Uh, perfect perfect stuff for their target age, so it's also just fun to see the classic characters and scenes in maybe a different light. Uh, it won't just be little mini webisodes either. There are Galaxy of Adventures toys out featuring Vader, Luke, Chewie, R2, and each figure includes a mini comic. That's very that's very much something from our youth. Yeah, that was a big thing um, when I was a kid. I loved um, there were so I mean the Transformers uh, line of uh, toys did it. Star Wars did it, which was really cool because you could get exclusive comics that way, mm -hmm. and you could also get reissued comics. So it was a really like we have a uh, <coughs> a Vader still in box. Yep, um, there's a lot of classic Marvel. And by that I mean like 70s, 80s Marvel uh, Star Wars comics that I have because they came in toy packages. And it was just a really smart way of saying, hey, we have this cool comic, why don't we put it in with a couple of toys from the comic yeah. and then sell it. And I mean, those were really popular. And, and these look really cool too. Um, and I've watched most, I think all of the videos up now. They've got different profiles on the different characters, so R2... Uh, Chewie, Luke, and Vader seem to be the main ones right now. They've also got little breakdowns of um, starfighters and um, different uh, things. So it basically, <coughs> it's informational um, in the sense that it's meant to teach kids, okay, what is a what is a starfighter? If I'm thinking of the good guys, what do the good guys fly? If I'm thinking of the bad guys, what do the bad guys fly? Is good um, and evil just relative? Maybe not getting that deep. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it breaks down, okay, who's Darth Vader? Who's Luke Skywalker? Uh, what's some adventures that Chewie and Han have been on? And so, and it gives this in context that kids would not only understand, but also enjoy. And a lot of people have been taking it uh, offensively of saying, so you're saying kids can't enjoy the original trilogy. And that's not no. what they're saying. But they are saying that it's probably a lot more difficult for them to digest the original trilogy versus other things. A lot of kids are being introduced through shows first, and then, um, because of a built-up interest, go to the films. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so this is, you know, I would say 
honestly four and up could uh, enjoy these. I enjoy. Yeah. I, I think the art is amazing, um, but you know, it it's not meant to educate us. It's all stuff we know, and it can feel like wait, that's not what happened. But the thing is, you got to imagine a kid's going to be like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're going to transplant the memory of being introduced through this little YouTube video. So when they first sit down watching it, and they're like. I've seen this before. Yeah. And so it's a cool little family introduction, and I think it's a great idea. I think it's smart that they're like, Star Wars is big, Star Wars is deep and complicated, what if we made a way that kids could get to it easier, Yeah. and use YouTube, which kids understand from the age of like two. It's really smart. Uh, to be, I, you know, when I was reading the news about this, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like Star Wars Explained for Kids. Uh, and that's kind of what it is, except it's narrated by Zuko. Yeah, right? <laughs> you sent me a text at yeah. like 2 a.m. this morning. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Zuko. Uh, I, had, I had no clue. I had watched the Son Luke Skywalker him. one um, when they first came out on the YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. then I was rewatching them last night. Um, to talk about him here, and all of a sudden I heard, it, there was one where, for I don't know if there's a particular reason, but for some reason he's, the narration was very broody, and I was like, <clears throat> I know that brood. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's It reeks of honor. Yes, uh, and singed left eye. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really awesome. Um, it, yeah. It's really cool because... Uh, he played the son of, obviously, um, the Fire Emperor, who was played by Mark Hamill, so it's kind of a cool yeah. little, hey, Star Wars and Airbender mixing together there. Yeah. Um, I enjoy that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've got kids in your life, not to say yeah. children, but nieces, nephews, you know, I mean, obviously, we've indoctrinated our Sunday school class. We've shared those, those stories. So these are great things that we can throw on, because the kids ask us questions all the time, and usually we're explaining it, but how much better would it be to let a beautiful series of art uh, and animation explain it yeah. way better than we could. Yeah. Uh, and so it'll be cool to be like, hey, there's a YouTube video for that. Yeah, and not even, like, kids sometimes. I sat down and had a conversation with a friend of ours for, like, 30 minutes explaining the history of clone troopers, stormtroopers, and the like. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's something not to take for granted there, yeah. yeah. It, you know, because okay, it's cartoony, you can feel like, oh, man, this, is, this isn't for me to educate. I should find another YouTube channel. But really, it, it's good if you've really got very little to not, no experience with Star Wars and yeah. are just like, okay, you keep saying Starfighter. Which ones are the good guys? Which ones are the bad guys? They actually do a really cool job of showing which are the good guy ships versus the bad guy ships while also giving them cool little scenes and everything. So it's kind of like, Oh, okay, so the X-Wing ones are the good guys, the the ones that look like bow ties are the bad guys. There we go. All of a sudden, <laughs> bow tie it makes sense. Tie bow fighters. <laughs> <laughs> tie bow. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I'm excited for it. I'm excited more for the media than I am for like the figures or anything. The figures are very simple. They're the standard Star Wars yeah. stuff now where it's like the five points of articulation, the two and shoulders, neck, and hips, so... You have high standards. I, I'm, I'm sorry that I grew up with, like, your standard figure had, like, 
15, 16 points of articulation. That was a blessing then. Unfortunately, the market on plastic has gotten expensive, so Hasbro and all these other companies have basically had to cut corners to continue to make toys. That's yeah. why uh, the Black Series figures, both three and three-quarter inch and six inch are so expensive, is because it takes a heckin' lot more plastic to do that stuff. Wow, we're in the news, and we've already got a nerd alert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rowdy about it, but I also understand, which just makes me more rowdy about it. That is the... Like, okay, you go into a bar and you're like, let's get rowdy. Look at these Star Wars figures. All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight and they are so upset about the points of articulation. Punch a walrus man in the face. (laughs) I'm on it. Oh my goodness. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's news, folks. That's... (laughs) That's news, folks. So now um, you're going to get a brief introduction from a little sponsorship blurb, and then we'll be into the main show. Fun fun little ditty. Uh, We just made our first dollar through sponsorships. What? Uh, A whole dollar. Thank you guys for listening. That's basically all you have to do um, with these things is you just have to listen to the sponsorship, and we get a couple of cents. Um, Now, if we were to... To withdraw that dollar, we'd only get 75 cents because that's how the system works. So technically, we have and haven't made our first dollar. Nonetheless, we're make we're making sense. Yeah. We're, we don't make sense, but we make sense. So thank you guys for helping us make sense. Uh, you can help us make more sense by heading over to Patreon. On to the show! Let's get to some bounty hunting. Let's get this bread. Bread? Let's just start. <laughs> We're moving on. Move along. Move along. Nothing to um, see here. So, bounty hunters. Bounty hunters are so central to Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so much so that they kind of, when they were uh, beginning season two of the Clone Wars in, in development, they were kind of like, hey, you know, I know when we, we set up this show, we wanted stark good guys, stark bad guys, but I've you know, Dave Filoni was just adamant. We have to have some other guys in between. The bounty hunters, the rogues, yeah. the scum, the villainy. And so basically, there's a big time when it was like, if Clone Wars is going to continue, we have to have bounty hunters. Uh, that's how we got Cad Bane and so many other ones. Uh, Can't wait to find out about him. Yeah. So, um, you know, Sith, Jedi, yes, they make Star Wars, but ultimately... You can't count out the Bounty Hunters. They are just as awesome as the Sith and Jedi. Sometimes even more so. Uh, especially some of the guys that we're going to talk about today, I would argue, are cooler than some Jedi and Sith. Uh, and probably even more successful. Yeah. So, take that, Jim. Jim? I'm sorry, Jim. Um, anyway. Is it a J-I-M or a J-E-M? Yes. A G-E-M. Or a J-E-M. Yes. And the holograms. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to run down uh, the characters a bit. Um, some you may know some of the stories of, may not know everything, or you may not know, well, what's Legends, what's canon, or you might not have any idea how convoluted some of the ca- uh, Legends backstory is for some of these characters. Oh boy. So hopefully you'll learn something while also enjoying uh, the the stories of these uh, bad guys and also several of them are going to give us some good conversations I think as we talk about the character and the significance of their introduction and their development and all kinds of cool stuff 
It's very nerdy in this episode. If you can't tell, the nerd herder yeah. likes to get nerdy with characters and all kinds of cool stuff. So Yeah, and you're going to know some of these characters because I won't shut up about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but this is the time they all get to shine except for one. We are not talking about Boba Fett. Spoiler alert so that you don't... You're not listening to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Oh, Boba Fett's coming. He's not coming. Uh, he gets what, his own episode. <laughs> yeah, so te- technically he is coming like five weeks from now. So, <laughs> what? Because it's tying into his appearance in the Clone Wars show. Pardon me. Uh, we can't talk about some things until that happens. Uh, because, remember, Megan has not seen past, like, the first half of season. Well, now you've completed season. I have completed my first season. But originally you hadn't seen past the first half of season one, and, uh, save for a couple of spoilers here and there. Obviously, it's ten years later. We can't keep you pure from everything. But yep, so one today. There's a lot of stuff that um, you haven't been spoiled on that I think is significant to enjoy for the first time. And so in a few weeks, uh, later in the season, season two of The Clone Wars is the Bounty Hunter season. So uh, Boba Fett is reintroduced into the story in significant ways. And so we can't talk about his full character until you're exposed to that. So Exposure. If you came here looking for Boba Fett, stick around uh, for the other cool guys, but come back in a few weeks. Well, come back every week for Please all do. the shows. We but love you. Just keep coming back until Boba Fett happens, and then do whatever you want with your life. But Bo- Boba Fett is coming. Don't I mean, you, you guys, you, you know me. You know me. I love the Boba Fett. So, and you guys know me. Yeah. Um, so, obviously we're not going to skip over him without good reason. No. So, I just wanted, I, I wanted to break your heart now rather than let you get to the end of the episode and find out that he's not included. So, But everybody else, like I said, we're talking about the OG guys. They're still all awesome, trust yes. me. Yes. No disintegrations, please. Like I said, you guys know me. So you I don't know. know. You married me. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Throw things at you. It's 2018. Marriage doesn't mean anything to some people. To some people. Wow. It means everything to me. I love you. <laughs> but I'm just saying some people. Way to take a stand. <laughs> some people. Uh, All right. But anyway. If you've listened to this show, you know that I have a favorite person. Well, he's not a person. He's a droid. He is a person. He is an artificial intelligence bounty hunter. Jaboy. My boy. My favorite boy. IG freaking 88. There's That's no not how you pronounce that. It's a dash, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> it's IG dash 88, okay? IG dash freaking 88. <laughs> okay, we're, we're working on your grammar later, but okay. <laughs> my, my grammar lives in Owensboro, Kentucky. <laughs> that was a dumb joke, and I apologize for it. Uh, so... As we've talked about before, IG-88 is my favorite, not only bounty hunter, my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's a happy accident, um, you know, because I don't think we've been shy to say that. Like, you, you knew Star Wars. You grew up yeah. enjoying Star Wars as movies, and that's kind of it. Um, you weren't <laughs> nearly as obsessive as I was, and, and even <laughs> no, when, at, you know, after we got was. married, you know, of course... By osmosis, you began consuming a lot more and understanding a lot more. But really, it was out of something for me until you got bored and decided to take a book with you to work 
uh, <laughs> called Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Yep. And all of a sudden, and text, your life changed. <laughs> I read that first story, which is IG-88 story, and texted you like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember. I have a favorite character. <laughs> and uh, it it's one of those beautiful things where, you know, like, if you're trying to get someone else to understand or love Star Wars, uh, like you, first of all, understand that no one's going to love Star Wars exactly the same way as you do. Yeah. Second of all. And it's okay if they don't. Right. Second of all, let people find what they love about Star Wars. Sometimes yeah. by trying to impose what we love about Star Wars, we don't let someone else love what they want to love. Yeah. And so, um, now, I, I can't say that it was completely intentional that I let Megan get that book and let Megan fall in love with IG-88, but I left a lot of room. I knew I knew what she did and didn't enjoy about Star Wars, and, and I tried to be sensitive to that. Uh, yeah. And I figured... You know, it wasn't like I was like, one day she'll find something. But <laughs> but I wanted to leave room for the possibility that, okay, if we keep going through everything that there is, there's a lot of Star Wars. We got married before there was a Disney Star Wars. So it was like, okay, there's a lot of Star Wars. I'm sure something out there will jump out to her. Yeah. Um, and it was Bounty Hunters. It was yeah. IG-88. And from there, all of a sudden the way you approach Star Wars was completely different. Yeah, and I think I've told you before, like, I love the bad guys much I, more than I do so the good many guys. People <laughs> Look into my arm and tell Arguably, me. Arguably, <laughs> everybody's a bad guy in Star Wars, so... <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> I would drop the mic, but... is <laughs> <Yeah. It's> expensive. <laughs> it is very expensive. Um, so, with that being established, IG-88 has kind of a confusing history depending on where you're looking it is something kind of different in legends kind of <laughs> very different <laughs> um his story is very different canon versus legends and maybe one day we'll take a closer look at that but for now well right now <laughs> yeah in-depth look i mean maybe Bounty one Hunters day we'll have a versus. full ig idiot show but i i we're going to do our best to round out both ends. Um, yeah. But, tr uh, well, I won't say it will do it for everybody because, again, I don't want to assume that everybody's just going to be like, oh, my gosh, I love Star Wars in a whole different way. But Dingar. <laughs> I guarantee there's probably going to be some things we talk about here where you're going to be like, wait, what? I have to know more. And you're going to yes. go to Wikipedia and, and dig. <laughs> you want to know more about this guy, trust me. Um, and we're going to be very clear on what is canon and what is legends throughout this episode because there are several interesting lore bits from both sides and like we said you're gonna want to look it up unfortunately only one can be the true story for instance in legends ig88 is not singular but he shares his consciousness with four other droids all classified as ig88 sick nasty you know what i mean <laughs> very cool um, they are designated as A, B, C, and Q. No, D. <clears throat> IG-88 is the IG-88 in Episode 5 that is killed by Boba Fett on Cloud City and can be seen in the Ugnaught. Did I say it right? Yep. Smelting and Junk Chamber. To clarify, that's IG-88B. Yes. That is true. Uh, he was the face of the group who required their credits and power for their evil plans. He not only took uh, the 
Han Solo bounty, but he took several other bounties throughout the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And he carried them out with much accuracy. <laughs> He's a bad boy. Um, after he was destroyed... Oh, wait. After he was destroyed, AJ-88C attacked Boba Fett en route to Jabba and was also destroyed... Yay. Boba Fett was probably very confused. Yeah. <laughs> and D was destroyed by a smuggler turned rebel, Dash Rendar. IG-88A is the droid who managed to upload his consciousness to the second Death Star during the Battle of Endor in order to complete his plan of destroying all organic life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, if you don't count Starkiller Base, alright, just ignore Starkiller Base for a second. Yeah. Let's, you know, go to Legends. The Death Star 2 is not only the biggest and, well, not baddest, but one of the biggest super weapons. It's also the biggest droid yep. ever <laughs> for, like, five seconds. For, like, five seconds. He is inadvertently stopped when the Rebels successfully destroy the super weapon. His body is still at large and later somehow resurfaced until it was destroyed 20 years later. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, and we, I mean, obviously this happens over yeah. a lot of stuff, so I mean, it's, Definitely. it's a breeze by of this story, but yeah, it, it's so, I, I mean, it's not Yeah. too far, I don't think, I, 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 I loved his original story, I loved the idea of the shared, shared consciousness and yeah. such. it's like the Borg. Yeah, um... I, th I thought it was really, really interesting, but it's also, like, as you'll learn with a couple of other of, uh, of these guys, it's like, they appear for a few minutes on screen, and then all of a sudden they get this whole, you know, just crazy background and, and series of adventures and all this other stuff, and it's just like, it's so interesting to think that for us it was normal to know that, and for other yeah. people it's like... You mean that one droid from that one scene that I barely remember? Yeah, like, I, I tell people, you know, my favorite character is IG-88, and you have to remind me, no one knows who that is. Yeah, most, you, yeah you, you tend to say that without context, as if most people under uh, know who that is. Yeah. And it's, I mean... I mean, if we're talking to Star Wars nerds, yeah, if, they're gonna know but, who it is. Like when we go to dis like when we go to Disney proper, we're not talking about like Hollywood Studios where Star Wars is located. But when we go to like let's say uh, Magic Kingdom and you know the security guards just trying to make uh, conversations like, oh, you got Star Wars pins. Who's your favorite character? Oh, Boba Fett. Oh, I know who that is. And and then you know Megan says IG eighty eight, and he's like, all right, you're clear to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's like that's a nice uh, pattern of letters. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, you know, people are prob are like, okay, that sounds yeah. like a droid. Cool. Yeah. I can't, nerd. <laughs> I can't wait to finally get him tattooed on me so I could just be like, there. There that you trash go. Can. That one. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get him tattooed under my Death Star. Because significance. Because significance, my boy and my boy. <laughs> but yeah. Um, his canon story is a lot easier to follow. Uh, there's only one. IG-88, and he was one of the top five bounty hunters of the galaxy by the time of the Galactic Empire. He had various run-ins with Solo, Leia, and even Kira and Hondo. He was one of the six bounty hunters to answer Darth Vader's call when he wanted the Falcon found. IG-88 still had a run-in with Boba Fett on Cloud City. His plan was to follow his rival, and 
which is Boba Fett. And once he led the droid to Solo, he would kill Boba Fett and take the prize. And I think we can see how well that worked out sure. in that scene. That failed, just like it did when IG-88B did the same in Legends. Fett left the droid for scrap, but he managed to escape thanks to Michael Moraci. Moraci? I'd say Morrissey. Morrissey? He hasn't corrected us yet. Michael. <laughs> we know too many Michaels. Mike and the first Flight of the Falcon comic. Uh, we know that my baby droid boy, he lived to the time of the New Republic and the First Order conflict. Um, and a little bit of background here. IG-88 was built by Holowan Labs, who also design and manufacture IG-100 IG Magna Guards. Those are freaking cool looking, by the way. Mm -hmm. You need to go to Those the IG... You, uh, Wikipedia page mm -hmm. and just look at all of the pictures because yeah. they're so so freaking cool. They're looking. they're the most humanoid of the IGs. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But they 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 still have a very distinct design to them. Um, it was really cool to find out they were part of the same lineage of uh, IG eighty eight and whatnot. Yeah, um, we also have IG eighty six Sentinel droids, which we see throughout, you know, Clone Wars. Those are the ones we see through Clone Wars, right? Yep. Yep, there we go. Those, um, are, those are the more mass-produced ones. Yes. So they, were, they were the ones like, hey, you need you need a thug, but you won't want to trust a Nikto. Here, have a drink. <laughs> those darn Niktos. Right. Um, we also have the IGRM security droids. Uh, in Legends, the lab, Hollow One Labs... And the factory were destroyed when IG-88A, B, C, and D, and IG-72 escaped. In canon, it was far less devastating of a creation as IG-88 simply realized his deadly potential and just boosted out to forge his own murderous path in the galaxy. As one do. As one do. Um, and at least one other IG model did the same, although we know little about him. IG-90 shows up in the Dr. Afro comics very briefly and is basically... A red IG-88. I want to know more, John. Me too. I must know more about him. Yeah, at first I thought it was just IG-88, but in, like, red lighting. But, yeah. uh, nope, it, 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 it's a red IG-90. Yeah. So. You ever notice that we talk about, like, droids in a he kind of... Uh, well, uh, typically, we, we tend to know yeah. when they have a masculine versus feminine programming. Yeah. Uh, which is how it's designed, uh, how it's described. It's, it's yeah. to say, if it sounds like a dude, if it... Uh, seems like a dude, uh, then it's got masculine programming or <laughs> female programming and such. So R2-D2 has masculine programming, which seems weird because he speaks only in binary, but you can actually tell the difference between wee, the two. Wee. So. Yeah, he goes by a female droid and goes, wee, wee. <laughs> uh, That's you can tell because he's got blue paint. <laughs> he's got blue paint, and, and the other one's got pink or red paint. That's, that's so you actual know. child quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Children. Love them dearly. Yep. So, uh, behind the scenes. So, uh, the real life stuff. IG-88 began as the Chrome Warrior Droid in Ralph McQuarrie concept art uh, by Bill Hargraves and Stephen Short. Um, the, uh, well, of the props department. Um, they thought the Bounty Hunter character needed more character... Uh, and went for a much rougher look than the sort of, um, oh, what's it called? 
the Flash Gordon. Uh, the Flash Gordon serial series is kind of a big inspiration for how the technology and uh, aesthetic of Star Wars looks at, at points very sleek and, and designed and whatnot. And then you have IG-88 who's very different. This was a, originally a big deal, uh, a, a big oh, um, conflict uh, because IG-88 was so different. They, a lot of people didn't really like it, but the props department stuck to it. And thus we got our droid boy um, to make the almost seven foot tall droid prop. Uh, they used leftover props from the cantina scenes of A New Hope, uh, particularly for his head. Um, this prop was originally a tap in the cantina, but before that, it was a part of a Rolls Royce Duart jet engine. These engines were heavily used during the First World War for ships and planes. Just a kind of cool fact. Uh, in Legends, IG-88 uh, had a long-lost brother of sorts, uh, and in fact, uh, a few of the famous bounty hunters on today's episode have <coughs> doppelgangers thanks to a 1988 game released by West End Games called Tatooine Manhunt. In order to let the player have a character with no major story presence, uh, while also being easily recognizable, um, they used bounty hunters and gave them doppelgangers, essentially. At the time, there was only believed to be one IG-88, so, for the game, IG-72 uh, was the character's name. And for Boba Fett, you got Jodo Cast. For Zuckus, you've got Victor Shrike. Bosk, you got Jungan. And for Lum, although he's on the cover of the game, is omitted in favor of a new character. So he appears on the cover of the game, but not in the game. Huh. And so the cover for the game uses Ralph McQuarrie art, uh, which is just the difference between the characters on actual screen to appearances... Uh, for the game is very very slight, but enough that you feel like they're different. IG-72 would actually go on to partner with IG-88 in later Legend stories, and Boba Fett would face off with his clone, Jodo Cast, as well uh, in the old-school Marvel comics. Um, it's all Legends now, but it's super interesting. Stuff like that is why there were so many confusing characters and species and conflicting things uh, in the Star Wars EU. Because, uh, you know, Dash Rindar, who you mentioned earlier, he, he's a good example because he's basically Han Solo with a different face and name because mm -hmm. Han Solo was frozen in carbonite at the time, but they wanted a Han Solo character. So they basically wrote Han Solo and then gave him a different name. And, and it's just how a lot of things were done at the time when it was like, hey, I want to do this with this character. And they're like, no. And so they would make their own character, which was basically the same character. Oh, see, do not touch. And do all kinds of stuff. It's so, cra it, you know, it's it's silly. But it's also really interesting um, because some people knew those characters in depth if they played the, the Tatooine Manhunt games. And, it, you know, you would be like, oh, that's Boba Fett. And you're like, no, that's Jodo Cast. And it's like, what? Mm -hmm. uh, so... Really interesting. I love that Jodo cast and um, IG-72, though, went on past the, the game. They decided to say, yeah. hey, you know, what if we have them actually show up in the comics and in the stories? Uh, mm -hmm. And so it was really interesting to see them basically kind of like what happened with Ayla Sakura coming into Attack the Clones. You know, George Lucas just being like, hey, that's a cool character. I love the design. Yeah. Bring her in, into the movies. Yeah. And so... And you have a shirt with technically Jodo cast on it. Yeah, um, and it's actually... pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually 
Johto cast, not Boba Fett, but it's meant to be Boba Fett. It's from um, a panel of the old school Marvel Star Wars comics. And again, that's why Johto cast passed. That's actually a big story element is because Johto cast impersonated Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's actually a really common thing. There's even art in Disney um, in uh, Star Wars Launch Bay that's featured uh, to sell as Boba Fett, but it's Johto cast. And yeah. One of the cast members did not like when I pointed that out. Yeah, he, he got a little salty with it that. It was selling for 80 bucks. I figured people should know what they're getting, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and wasn't it... I don't remember where we were. I think it was at the Star Wars night we went to at, at Disney, and someone walked up to you and said, You know, that shirt's not actually Boba Fett. And you just, like, went into the whole the whole thing about, you know, Joe Cast. It might have been. I can't remember when it was. I, we were definitely at Disney. We had the same happened. thing when we went to the Star Wars Reads event at our local library, and yeah. and somebody wanted to fight with me about who Captain Fordo versus Captain Ordo is. Ugh. It's exactly the same thing where they took a character and wanted to change the story, so they changed the name. Yeah. I I know I, like. It was it was one of those things where it's like because I was trying to compliment him on his cosplay, and then he was just like, oh, and I'm like. Yeah, he was the only clone there. He was, which is kind of sad. Yeah, but that makes it very sad. That's typical 501st. I mean, yeah. Empire was the big thing. They've only just started doing stuff where like you can be in the 501st if you're a Jedi or Rebel or anything, really. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of why I want to make my clone armor for me. Right. I don't really want to make it to be in anything. Yeah. Just because I like clones. And that's the, that's a pressure, unfortunately, in, in modern cosplay is it's like, oh, I have to be a part of an organization or group. And you can, because it's sometimes helpful and fun, but it's also sometimes fun to not have to deal with that bull crap. Yeah. Uh, look out for, on Patreon, maybe one day I'll do a video about making clone armor. Someday. There you go. When I get around to it, <laughs> I gotta lose like 20 pounds first. Um, so, yeah. That's our boy. Yeah. That's our IG-88. Yeah, I love, um, I mean, obviously we've talked before, we, we really enjoy his character, and just the concept and look of him, everything feeds into the idea of him just being scary. Um, you oh, know, yeah. You really don't have to see him do much to know that if he was coming at you down a hallway, you would be scared. Yeah, and we've been through his specs before. Yeah. Dude has a flamethrower for an arm. Well, he has a flamethrower in his arm. Yeah, it, it's the whole thing. He has a buzzsaw mm -hmm. in his arm. He has so many weapons. Like, I can't even all, go through all, all, all sort of all, so all kinds of instruments of death. Exactly. Um, you know, so he's basically Star Wars Terminator. Basically. Um, you know, and and so I would love to really... Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> or I die. Would, I would really love to see something where we get... You know, because thankfully Forces of Destiny and... Um, Star Wars Adventures has given us uh, a few looks at IG-88, which I've really appreciated them highlighting some of those kind, you know, those lesser-known characters. Yeah. Um, but I would love something where IG-88 can be proper IG-88 and can kill some guys and do some bad stuff and, you know, just be scary. Um, I'd love that. I mean, I don't... Yeah. Give it a, a book, a comic, something, but I, you know, something where IG-88 can be scary. Like, like we know he can be. Yeah. I really need to redo that picture. Now knowing, like, Star Wars stuff. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at a painting that I did for you when we were dating Boba Fett. And 
I need your mind here I'm now. sorry. Alright. Are we ready to move on to our next boy? Yes. Scaly boy. Scaly boy. Scaly boy. Who is, like, so, so scaly. Well, he's a lizard. He's a lizard. <laughs> it's Bosk. Hi, Bosk. <laughs> Who's that boy? Like a Bosk. It's Bosk. <laughs> Who's that lizard? Alright, so... Now, I'm not saying Bosk is can Bosk in canon is a big softie. But he is definitely softer than his legend self. Like Bosk in Legends is the Trandoshan bounty hunter. He was a murderous, ruthless, and cared very little for fairness and the lives of others. He was just like running around, jumping climbing trees, <laughs> killing people. Murder. I don't care about no rules. Murder boy. Murder lizard. Basically. Basically. Um, in Legend, he killed his own father in an attempt to take over the Bounty Hunters Guild and even threw Zuckus at Boba <laughs> on an occasion. I'm just gonna throw this dude at another dude. Um, when you hit a dude with another dude, you are a one bad dude, John. Uh... Bosco was the legend's rival to Boba Fett, which it seemed like a lot of people. Yeah, were. everybody was the rival of Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was. Every, don't don't let them fool you. No one was the. Everybody was a, a rival of Boba Fett. He was a rival. None of them of got Boba along, Fett. guys. Sorry to spoil it. This is not friends. <laughs> this is not RuPaul's best friend race. Right. Oh man. Um. And their his encounters with Boba Fett were. It never ended well for anyone in the crossfire. But in canon, Bosk was actually <laughs> instrumental to the development of a young Boba Fett. He was his daddy after his clone daddy died. Bosk was his muscle in the early years of Boba's career until Boba was good Until Bubble. Until Bubble Boy. <laughs> Bubble Fett was good enough to be on equal measure with the Transosian. And Bosk instead viewed Boba as more of a partner or colleague. Bosk in canon was still a bad dude, but he was notable for being very fair and a very fair hunter as well. Uh, Bosk even worked with a young Ezra on Lothal at some point, and the two of them interacting is almost cute. Almost. Uh, in canon, Bosk is kind of like the Danny Trejo uncle character from Spy Kids. He's bad, and you know it, but he has a soft spot and an honor code. Just like, you know, Danny Trejo in real life. Like every character freaking plays. Yeah, I want I want to hang out with Most Danny characters. Trejo. Can we get yeah, Danny... He probably knits. Can we get Danny Trejo to play Bosk? <laughs> but, like, have a terrible face paint. Like, <laughs> no costume or anything. Just, yeah, just like just him. terrible costume. He went to a carnival. You know he's, like, five foot, like six or something like he's he's tiny i'm five five i know <laughs> you're almost just like I, I wait well maybe he just works with a lot of tall people but I'm, he seems tiny i'm taller than jeremy dooley and that's all that matters there you go <laughs> you're also taller than my boss so. I, i'm taller <laughs> than your boss so is his daughter yeah so. yeah she's taller than me um on, honestly both characteristics really work and it's hard to like one more than the other um, in both Legends and Canons, Canons, Bosk was like any other Trandoshan and hated Wookiees. 
like a butt yeah, face. That, that was just kind of natural. He regularly hunted them in his youth and had a particular obsession with wanting to make Chewie suffer. Yeah, so um, did Boba. So did Boba. Like, dude literally had braided Wookiee pelt. Scalps. Scalps. Wow. Mm hmm. How do you scalp a Wookiee? Their entire body is scalped. Well, it's a section of hair. It's not a full thing. So. Uh, so it's technically not scalping because that would require the whole thing, but it's a section of the scalp. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Um, Boba in... had some rough days. Yeah. Uh, in legend, Bosk's act Bosk actually gets to enjoy retired life. You know, just chilling on a deck chair. Sipping on a margarita. Probably invading Florida homes. Wasting away again <laughs> and Trandosian margarita. Just milk. laying on a rock in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured a that's giant. Liz that's lizard retirement. <laughs> just pictured Bosque. Like, I, it, if you go to Mexico, you'll see, like, giant lizards just hanging out. Right. <laughs> and I just, just imagine sunbathing. naked Bosque just laying... Like a lizard. <laughs> Just every so often. Melon. 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 But in canon, uh, we last see him on the deck of Jabba's sail barge in episode 6. Presumably, presumably, he was on board when it blew up, but the Transocean survived through tough spots before. Uh, he once even grew an arm back after a particularly difficult hunt. So who knows where that lizard is now? He did you think he did like a like a piccolo? Just like concentrated really hard and went, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it took some time actually. Um wow. like, you know, any lizard. Uh but uh yeah, I mean he could have retired in the sands of Tatooine and just been like, Man, I am too old for this stuff. <laughs> Because you've got to figure, all right, so he was, I mean, we don't know age. Uh, I would put him in his 30s. By the time of the Clone Wars, you fast, fast forward 23 years by the end of episode 6. So, dude was 60 years old. Something like that. I think he was kind of in the right time to kind of be like winding down and, you know, just enjoying life. Yeah. So, he could have been just like... Yeah, I'm done with these lightsaber people. I'm just, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go chill out on this rock. Right. Rock. So, yeah. uh, we mentioned uh, this in a previous episode, but Bosk's suit in The Empire Strikes Back is a reused prop that was, uh, well, reused pretty often, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it began as a British Royal Air Force pilot suit, so it had real-life purpose, uh, and these were first used in film uh, in 1964. Mind you, uh... Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi came out in uh, 83. So, like about 20 years prior, it was first used in the film The First Men on the Moon. Uh, it would be used again in 1966 for an episode of Doctor Who called The Tenth Planet, and it appeared 11 years later in the cantina scene as a flight gear worn by Boshek in A New Hope, before finally being made more famous by the lizard bounty hunter and it was also the flight suit of A-Wing pilots in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, it's reasonable to believe that at least one of the many suits used was likely traveling 
all those years, mm -hmm. but it's hard to imagine that you can specifically say that the exact one that Bosk had was exactly the one that showed up in Doctor Who and, and such, but it's reasonable to believe it ended up on a coat hanger somewhere and eventually was like, hey, we got this, why don't we throw this on the character? Yeah, I have um, a question, John. Okay. Why lizard need pants? Just to be decent. But he's a lizard. Lizards have genitalia, too. They're, like, in there. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, It'd I don't be, know. Would it be any less weird to see him without? <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, in his appearance in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, Bosk is portrayed by Alan Harris. Alan was actually used quite a lot in the original trilogy. He played a stormtrooper in all three original trilogy films, as well as background characters, with Bosk being the only one that he played twice. He doubled for C-3PO in the more active parts of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, after Anthony Daniels was a party pooper. You mean, like, walking faster? Right. <laughs> uh, Slightly faster. I imagine the scenes where he falls and, and, and has some uh, scrapes and whatnot. Uh, he was also the body model for the building of the Boba Fett costume and was the one who was molded for Han Solo in Carbonite because uh, yeah. Harrison Ford didn't want to go through that. <laughs> um, I don't blame him. He also played Chancellor Verlorum in a couple of pickup scenes for The Phantom Menace uh, when they couldn't get, uh, I believe it's Terrence Stamp? I want to say Terrence Howard. I know it's not Terrence Howard, but I, I know, know it's Terrence. Terrence. Um, well, who, the actor for Chancellor Valorum, big name actor at the time, couldn't be brought back. <coughs> so they were like, hey, you kind of look like an old, old pasty politician. Just hop in the suit and get up there. Just get in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, kind of Bosque related, but it's also cool that somebody over all those years just got to be in Star Wars, just yeah. having fun in the background and such. So uh, it's cool that someone like him just decided to go through the brutality of wearing those things. Like, he was in um, the actual desert in a full-fledged Bosque suit for a couple of minor scenes, but still enough where it's like, that had to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's important to appreciate what a lot of these people of that time, um, not to say that it's any easier now to wear prosthetics, but certainly much more has been done to make it comfortable. Uh, because of the history of difficulties with prosthetics. Yeah. So, bravo, Alan Harris, if you're listening. Thank you for being Lizard Boy and all that other cool stuff. So, yeah. Let's thank every background actor in Star Wars, because Lord yeah. knows, you've got, you've got a story. Everybody that's not an, someone we can name offhand, thank you for being a part yeah, of Star thank Wars. thank you. I mean, uh, one we can name, Warwick Davis. There you go. There you go. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you can name Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and James Earl Jones and all these other stuff, but, I mean, some people don't even know that David, David Prowse was Darth Vader. Uh, you know, it's really sad. I mean, he was a difficult guy to work with and had some troubles, but for the most part, like, he was still Darth Vader, too. So it's yeah. kind of like one of those tragedies of being forgotten. Um, David Prowse is almost all but forgotten in a lot of cases because of being ejected from Star Wars, basically. Yeah. They, you know, like I said, he had some rough times and was basically kicked out of Star Wars. If you can imagine, that's a thing. Um, and they were just like, yep, so he's not yeah. coming back to anything. He's not doing anything. He but did a few small cons and such, but... Yeah. 
most people were like, hey, I'm going to meet Darth Vader. You, you know, you meant that as James Earl Jones, not that he does conventions much, but... Yeah. So, yeah. Let me make sure I got this right before I fun fact this. Yes, yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, and David Prowse, he went on to do the fight choreography, or the sword choreography, for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was a big, um, that's why he was He was cast, freaking Errol Flynn! That's why he was cast as Vader, is because, number one, he was big and imposing in the costume, um, but he was also a fight coordinator, so he was able to do his own stunts within yeah. uh, the suit, although in Empire Strikes Back, uh, they did use a, a pickup um, sword fighter to do some of the other scenes, uh, but for the most part, it's largely mm. due to David Prowse, uh, it's just that he sounded terrible speaking through that helmet, and they wanted to dub over it, but they didn't want his voice, and, um, you know, so they got stuttering, uh, James Earl Jones to do it, but yet, by the way, James Earl Jones suffers from a stutter on more than one occasion, mm-hmm. and, and yet he was the imposing scary voice of Darth Vader. Yeah. So, if anything, mm-hmm. I and I, no, go ahead. I, I'm not down, I love James Earl Jones. For multiple reasons. Yeah. I love, and I, you know, he is the voice of Darth Vader. But, arguably, he gets way more credit for being the voice than the guy that actually had to wear the costume and do the stuff. Yeah. And all this other stuff. So, it, again, that's why I say it's kind of a tragedy that David Prowse goes a little unknown. Mm-hmm. And why characters, or uh, people like Alan Harris go unknown and other people... Doug that, Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones. Freaking A, um, Doug Jones. That we're going to, you know, we're not going to talk about Doug Jones, but other people that we're going to talk about ahead of this with other characters where it's like, yeah, these people were in these costumes for these wacky things and crazy things and they endured a lot and did a lot uh, to bring these characters for life to life for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like, obviously, you can't remember everybody's name. You can't know everybody's names unless you're, you know, a super nerd, but... It's important to recognize there's people we don't know that we should be thankful to for Star Wars. Yeah. Be thankful. Be thankful for all the Star Wars. Whatever. Um, that was kind of... So that was a kind of a, a rambly bit, but <laughs> it's just because, you know, Alan yeah. Harris did a lot of crazy background work for Star Wars, and it's awesome to know that at least one of the characters we get to do some justice to today, Bosk, uh, and, and and appreciate him for bringing the lizard boy to life, and whatnot. Wow. Um, David Prowse was six foot six. Yeah, he's big boy. Wow. He yep. played Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff that a lot of people again. <laughs> Wikipedia spiral. A lot of people don't don't uh, give him credit for. It, yeah. So. And yeah. So moving on from lizard boy to turban boy. Turban boy, Dengar. He wears his toilet paper on the wrong side of his body. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you wear toilet paper? Don't you? (laughs) No, that's not how it works, John. I'm not a mummy. Well, I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that later. First, let's talk about Dengar. Dengar. One of Dengar's earliest canon appearances for us was during the Clone Wars. Uh, He was part of... I'm not there yet. I don't really spoil... I don't spoil anything. (laughs) I, there are sections I write specific, like, so so you understand how this works. We get notes, we talk about things, and then I take that and make scripts. And when there's stuff that's 
important to talk about that Megan doesn't know, I put it in the scripts and try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible. And that's what's happening right now. Okay. Just explain in the process. Yeah, and if I mess up, it's not that I'm stupid, it's the fact that I can't read. Um, he's part of the bounty hunter group called Crate's Claw. Good job. Yeah. I can, I, I'm sorry because I, I can I, sand words out. I I did not mean to make that sound as demeaning as that <laughs> it was. It's very demeaning. It wasn't meant to be because I. I it's I, like when I said Admiral Yalaren, right? Until until, okay, but that one was significantly impressive though. Uh, until about seven years ago, I used to say cry it. Really? Yep. I used to say cry it, dragon. I used to say Darth cry it. Uh, I did not realize until someone else said it that it was crate, and my life was shattered <laughs> because I'm like, wait a minute, Darth Crate doesn't sound scary, but apparently Darth Cry it did to me. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's like it's one of those things. Like if you only read it and never hear it, you say yeah. it. Well, and and that we kind of talked, we kind of went on a side trail before of like, hey, sometimes there's two different ways to say things because that's. What happens when actors Tantive read scripts? Or yeah, you know they didn't all necessarily go to George and say, "Hey, how do you say this?" They just read their scripts and did things. Or you know, some people read it in a book, like me when I re read the the comics and was introduced to Darth Crate. You know, I I read it as Darth Cryet because that's what my brain said, and I said it that way for the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, by the way, if you don't know Darth Krayt, he's legend, but I really recommend checking out Star Wars Legacy Comics uh, because Skywalker's great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson and Darth Talon and Darth Nile and just all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, the opposite of that weird thing from my childhood, for the first, like, ten years of my life, I called it Crackle Barrel. Because I grew around with very, I grew up with very southern family, so we're going going down the crack barrel. It, it was always crackle barrel to me. That's adorable. Thanks. <laughs> uh, it's a crackle barrel. <laughs> we went to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, we did. It wasn't bad. It was not bad at all. Um, let's see where was I? And uh, Crate's Claw, read by Boba Fett. And also included Bosk and a few other famous Clone Wars period bounty hunters. No spoilers. I'm pointing at the mic to symbolize that I'm talking to you, the herd that is now listening to my voice. He's pointing no at No spoilers. He's no. got a knife. It's important that we 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 get that revelation pure, that reaction that just Yeah. Don't don't I'm afraid I might have to unfollow prequel memes. <laughs> they, oh my gosh, they spoiled 99 for you today yeah, and I hate it. I almost started crying. Oh my gosh, because I wanted to send you that meme right after it happened to the show. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So, be, yeah, just no spoilers, Her, Let her experience it fresh. If you don't know what we're talking about, disregard. Disregard me. Um... So, Dengar was skilled enough to be rewarded highly by Boba Fett. Fett was impressed by his number of scores. What? Kills. I'm just gonna use... Uh, well, no, no, not all kills, but just number of successful bounties. Six, there we go. I don't like the word scores, because it just sounds like something a college freshman would say. Score! Score! Um, you know that's what Dengar is. <laughs> <laughs> score! Score! <laughs> that's oh, how I've always imagined Dengar's voice. Like, 
Hey. He actually sounds Australian. Score. Yeah. Well, when he, I was reading the book, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> he, you definitely know he's got some kind of crazy accent, though. Oh, boy. I imagine, like, Aaron Hansen doing his voice in my head. Uh, so, in his younger years during the Clone Wars, Dengar was much more rough and reckless. By the time of the Empire, Dengar was much more grizzled and burly. Wow. Interesting way to put that. Uh, he was tough enough and dumb enough to take on Chewbacca in fisticuffs and st and even stood a reasonable chance. Really, the only thing that changes was that as he got older, he had to hunt smarter than he used to. But apparently, worked as worked as his career only proved during the time of the Empire. Good enough, at least, to get a call from Vader when he wanted to have the Falcon hunted down, and of course... He does not succeed in getting solo, but it does not blemish his career much. A few years later, we see him with Boba and Bosk at Jabba's palace. Since Boba ended up in the Sarlacc and Bosk went MIA, it was probably smart of Dengar not to go on the sail barge. Very smart. Mm -hmm. um, instead, he went on to remain active until the time of the New Republic's founding. Old boy. Wow. Did not realize. Mm -hmm. um, the last adventure he goes on leads him to eventually join forces one of with one of his old partner's nieces Jasamari was the niece of Sugoi Sugi Sugi <laughs> uh, a Zabrak bounty hunter active during the clone wars we'll talk about her next week is she the one with the horn coming out of her head is she unicorn lady no not unicorn Uni what she's over here somewhere no she's not what do you mean unicorn there's a lady with the giant thing coming out of her forehead. Who is that? I've only ever seen the... What's she look like? I don't know. She's all white. She's got a red That's ponytail. That's Aura Singh. It's not a horn. It's an antenna. What? She has a cybernetic implant. If you're going to have a cybernetic implant, <laughs> why are you going to pick something dumb looking like that? Because she got it back in about 20 years before the, uh, the Empire was founded. That's no excuse. I expect better. Rudimentary technology. It's like, I want an iPhone with a freaking antenna coming out of it. That's so dumb. Sorry. We'll get on this later. <laughs> um, so. Even when Sugi worked with... Sugi? Sugi? Sugi. 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 Uh, worked with Dengar. Sugi? <laughs> I'm in the <laughs> That's an inside joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just go watch, go listen to my brother, my brother, and me. Or go to my Twitter, because I'm going to post a video, because I'm thinking about it. Um, so, Dingar and Jess' partnership was more out of necessity than anything, as the New Republic made things a lot more difficult for bounty hunters. Um... They needed each other to keep the business alive, and that is the last we hear of Dengar in canon. In Legends, when he left bounty hunting behind to pursue a career as swoop as a swoop biker, what is a swoop bike? Uh, it's like a speeder bike. So, like Impus Nest uh, leads a swoop bike gang. Ah. So the difference between a swoop bike and a speeder bike is that it can reach uh, much higher altitudes. So basically, it it operates um, not as a low ground repulsor lift speeder but as an anti-grav speeder meaning it can so f for instance um 
in Solo, they're operating as if they're basically... So, alright, simplest way to put it, swoop bikes are basically engines that you can ride. So Sick. it's much different than a speeder speeder, which is more like a Kawasaki Ninja or something like that. Uh -huh. So that stays low to the ground. Swoop bikes, you can get very vertical with. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. so that was what he was doing. That makes a lot more sense. Um, and that would eventually lead him to work with the solo children, Jason and J Jaina. Mm-hmm, Jaina. Yeah, okay. So maybe Dengar will run into Ben in episode 9. That cannot end well. Pro no, running running into Ben at any point never ends well. No, I'm sorry. I got the snuffles. <laughs> it's the season. It's Tis the season for my nose to explode. So, uh, yeah, you were fantasizing about who uh, would voice uh, Dengar and yeah. what he would sound like. Uh, it's been done, and you can thank Simon Pegg for that. <laughs> I acknowledge. Yep. So, in the Clone Wars and in the first uh, Battlefront game by EA, Simon Pegg plays Dengar. Again, I acknowledge. So, um, uh, it's not canon, but Dengar was very heavily featured in the Freemakers adventures, actually. <laughs> uh, at one point, he even leads a team consisting of the classic hunters, Bosk, IG-88, Zuckus, and Forlum, but not Boba Fett. Sick. Because everybody hates Boba Fett. Everybody's the rival. <laughs> oh, I'm the rival. No, I'm the rival. No, I'm the rival. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and also, he... W in um, in Legends, it's more explained that uh, the tournament was part of his aesthetic, but it was also because he was he's very stealthy. Mm -hmm. um, a big part, both in Legends... You know what's good for that? White armor and a white <laughs> turban. We don't have white armor. He has brown armor. That figure is painted if after you, Marvel appearance. It's not yeah. accurate. <laughs> if you if you hear like my chair squeaking, it's because I'm turning around to look at John's action figures. Yeah, which he's are bright blue because me. it's bright blue because that's how they colored him in the Marvel comics. Okay, it's a stylized representation. <laughs> he's accurately he wears brown so armor. Um, Fetch me my brown pants. But, yeah, he was he's a very stealthy dude. He relied on stealth a lot because he wasn't very good. Um, and so, you know, he relied on grenades and smoke bombs and, and other things. And so uh, it added to the sort of, hey, if I'm going to suck at bounty hunting, at least they can't tell who I am when I wear my mask. So, well, not mask, but he'd pull up his turban so you couldn't tell who he was. It's so like, it's so it's like kind of one of those scene things. in Ragnarok where she's, he's just like, this is my disguise. But I can see your face, not when I do this. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and so, but in Legends, it's also it also dueled uh, to cover up his cybernetic implants. That's why he was yes. a little more grizzled and, and rough <clears throat> in Legends. In canon, it's basically just didn't just take looks, care of himself. Yeah. Uh, so but that turban smells like, I don't know, beef jerky. It was very musty, probably. <laughs> Uh, but... Mustier than the forests of Endor. Yeah, he's... So, in canon, he kind of just had a rough oh. time up until the time of the Empire, and yeah. so, if it looks like... If it looks like he might, you know, throw his back out chasing somebody, it's probably because <laughs> he would. Yeah. I just got, like, the thought of a wet Endor forest. All those furry, uh, Ewoks. Just bleh. Probably not as bad as... Kashyyyk, though. Because that's a lot more hair. Mm -hmm. Long hair. Mm -hmm. It's like putting a German Shepherd in a rainstorm. Can you imagine the plumbing job it is on oh. a Falcon shower? Oh my god. Living with Do Chewbacca. You, can you imagine Chewbacca taking a shower? Yeah, because so low Star Wars story. True. 
Very true. Yeah, the book that actually details that it took three showers to fully get the mud out of his fur, so... Man. Lando hated that. They must have, like, some kind of superior plumbing system on the Falcon. Well, it's a big ship. It's a very big ship. It's a big ship, so... Huh. So that'd be Turban Boy, though. <laughs> and an in-depth look at Wookiee showers. Yeah. Only um, the best. Only the finest podcast. <laughs> I dropped my iPad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. Um... So, we've talked about three so far. Mm-hmm. Who else are we going to talk about but the one that very few people know about? Probably the two. Probably the two. You can't separate them. No, we cannot. First, we're going to talk about Zuckus. Mm-hmm. Who has a very funny name now that I think of it. Now that I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, so... Our next couple of guys have always been kind of overcast by their fellow bounty hunters. It is understandably difficult to complete to compete with literally the Terminator in Star Wars, the big lizard scaly boy, the granddaddy hunter, Boba Fett, and even Dengar and his musty turban at times like this. And they are just a lot more popular to most people. But Zuckus and Forlom are two colorful and interesting characters. It felt weird to say Zuckus and Forlom instead of Forlom and Zuckus. It's hmm. like saying it like I never thought right. about that. I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, they are two colorful and interesting characters. And it's always nice to find fans who can appreciate these guys. And maybe by learning more about them, you might grow to love them like we do. Um... Sorry, I had to burp. We will start with Zuckus, even though he and Forlam were partners. So their stories will intersect probably a bit. Uh, Zuckus might look like Jeff Goldblum after a failed teleporter incident, but he is no flyman. His species is Gand, and they hail and they hail from the planet Gand. And they speak the language Gand. <laughs> Take a Gander. That's actually them. accurate. They, they... Their planet, the people are named after the planet, and the people speak the uh, language named after the people of the planet that the people are named after. It's like, I, I'm i disguised as a dude who speaks the language of the dude from right. the planet. I'm a dude, dude playing another dude playing another dude. <laughs> <laughs> the planet's atmosphere is mostly made up of ammonia. Yep. Stinky. Yes. Hence the breathing tubes. To his species, Zuckus was one of their most gift, gifted... Feinsman. He was a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff are good Yeah, fighters. I mean, I guess so. In the world of Star Wars. Yes. Uh, to the Gand, these, are, these were mystic and special individuals, particularly good at finding uh, things through unconventional means. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Well, so, I mean, they weren't good at finding, like, so... It's the same as how uh, a Native American tracker was regarded. It's not as simple as just <clears throat> finding clues. To them, it was very mystic, and it was the very same thing for uh, Zuckus and the Gand. It wasn't just that he was observant. So, for instance, like Psych, it was you know it wasn't that he was observant. He was psychic. You know, not to say that Zuckus was explicitly psychic. It's a blend of things. Yeah. To him. He doesn't believe it's because he's just good. He believes it's because of something greater than himself. And so to his people, it's very sorcery, 
kind of mystic, magic-y. Uh, but really, he's just smart. I mean, he is... You found my keys. You are held as a god. <laughs> I mean, if he can find your keys, then yes. My keys <laughs> are over there. Thank you. For now. For now. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, Zuckus is very smart. Um, if... And now, smart doesn't always necessarily mean intelligent, but he's smart. He's observant. He can catch things that most people don't, and he just thinks that's because of something mystic, not because of anything he can do, if that makes sense. So, yes. it sounds silly, but that it, it's, it's much more uh, spiritual to them than it might sound. You know, it's not just, oh, he's good at finding things. If it, it, it symbolizes that they're in tune with something greater than something mystic and all that other stuff. They have a connection to the things that they find. Hashtag tracker. Because I can't that He's the tile of, uh, yeah, of the he's, older he's, pup. Well, no, he has, he finds other people's tiles, I guess. I don't I know. I guess, something like that. He's findy. <laughs> he's a finder boy. You don't get the Hufflepuffs are good finders reference, do you? Because you that's never watched a, a very a very Potter musical. Well, but that's their thing. They find things. <laughs> and Slytherins betray things. And Ravenclaws read things. <laughs> and Gryffindor steals things because they're the favorite boys. Dadgummit, Gryffindor. I'm not bitter. Go home and let other people get on with their education, Harry frickin' Potter. <laughs> Jeez. I'm at a magical school. Why wouldn't I want to learn things? <laughs> Honestly. Anyway. anyway, um, <laughs> the traditional, uh, the tradition of Heinzman's almost died out, if not for Zuckus leaving the Gand and using his skills to become a reputable bounty hunter. To comfort himself while away from home, Zuckus filled his, si his ship, the Mist Hunter, with various guesses. <laughs> I can help with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, no, but like actual gas, like he had gases piped in. It wasn't like flatulence. This this one is funny. <laughs> he, he's I like love, He's so adorable, <laughs> especially if you guys haven't read the Star Wars Adventures uh, two-part comic, number 10 and number 11, where he and Forlum are hunting Han and Chewie. Read that. It is so funny. It's awesome. <laughs> I love this boy. They're, um, they're adorable. They're They're dangerous, murderous bug people, but... They're, they're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> the bug boy also hilariously refers to himself in the third person yeah. and swore that he had a sixth sense that he compares he compared to more than one being connected to the force. That's what I say. He, more than once. He, uh, he thought <clears throat> it was, from his species perspective, he, had an, a, 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 he wasn't like a Jedi, but he could yeah. listen to the force, and that's what guided him to whatever it was he was trying to find. I found a USB port. I am a Jedi. Basically. <laughs> and Forlum was having none of it. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. They're such a married couple. I oh, I'm sorry. Zekis has found the space port. Right. That's how I imagine his voice being. Uh, pro oh, definitely. <laughs> He's pro oh, who's, who's, the, who's the guy from MST3K? Which um, one? There's the, several. The one with the perm. The, the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, TV son of TV's Frank? Yes. Who's he played by? Uh, Patton Oswalt. That's who should play Suckus. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I've just had a revelation. That is Zuckus right there. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, TV son of TV's Frank. Oh my goodness. Alright, anyway. 
If you haven't watched The Gauntlet yet, you really should. Um, Zuckus had tracking skills. Wait a minute. Boop -a -doo -boop -a. I've missed something. Thorlam being the droid, he is thought of as more of Zuckus's. What? Just get that. We okay. talked about it. <laughs> Zuckus had tracking skills reviled in the most hunting in the hunting business, thanks to his culture. He landed he and Forlam many jobs, including going after Han and Chewie, and he made enough of a name of himself amongst the bounty hunters hired by Vader to tra to track. Dr. Aphra at one point, and again when Vader was seeking the Falcon and Solo. Apparently, his tracking skills failed him, failed him at that time since Boba Fett beat him to the prize. Other than that, the pair have had quite a few canon adventures. Mm-hmm. Zuckus is a failure. He must go into the hibernation chamber. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Legends, Zuckus uh, is... Honestly, crazy and, and convoluted. It's ridiculous. Are you are you saying that in canon he's not crazy? Not compared to Legends. At least in canon, you can understand what his freaking story is. Dang. In Legends, it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, so some of this is explained away in later content by diagnosing him with schizophrenia and schizo schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Um, but really it was just because so many uh, discrepancies and different authors and creators wanting to do different things with the character, they could never agree. In Legends, uh, he was definitely Force-sensitive. They established that he was connected to the Force uh, and was hired by all kinds of individuals and groups because of his hunting skills. At various points, he even worked for the Rebellion while also working for the Empire, while also working for uh, ha having a bounty on his head by the Empire and rescuing the Rebels, while also working for Jabba to hunt the Rebels. So, convoluted. Uh, on a more definitive note, Suckus was portrayed by actress Catherine Munro. Uh, they specifically wanted stocky and short, and she apparently didn't mind the awkward costume, and it worked out. So there you go. Fancy. So, we can't talk about Zuckus without talking about his droid buddy, his bestest friend. Other? Boyfriend? I don't know. No. No, his, his friend, for long. That software was not installed. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> he is not fully. No, I'm not going to get into that. I was going to make a data joke, but no. Well, that was a weird episode of Next Generation. Um... You can't have Zuckus without Forlom. And Forlom was a protocol droid of the Lom series, which were specifically created to serve the Gand species, hence the bug head. We've seen a couple of those. Nope. No? Well, there was one in the Clone Wars. Uh, when? It, the movie. Nope. He had a bug Dif head. Yeah, bug head, but different. That was an RA-7 droid. This is a Lom series droid. Two very different droids. I There's a very specific... Take your word for it. There is a... I, I, put, I will put those two pictures side by side for you. They are different, okay? I would be okay with that, but at the end of the day, I don't care. So, moving on. Uh, thanks to the droidography book, we know that these droids had an unfortunately manufacturing flaw that meant their programming was easily corruptible. Which it seems like a lot of droids are. Their technology. Yeah. There you go. They're unreliable. Unreliable. At its best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it's Y2K all over again. Right. Um, Forlom overrode his own programming to become a thief and a bounty hunter. A radical group of droids called the Droid Grotta. Gotra. Go- Go- Gotra. There's an R in there somewhere. I'll get it right <laughs> one day. Um, used Forlom as a poster boy because he was proof that droids were more than their programming. Even if that mean, meant leaving the life of servitude for a life of crime. Nonetheless, Forlom was his own droid now, and quickly struck up a friendship with Zuckus and began taking jobs for the Huts. Thanks to his appearances in the Star Wars Adventure comics along Zuckus, we see that Forlom seems to be more mobile than your, acti- than your average protocol droid. Which really helps when he's chasing bounty hunties. Bounty hunties. Bounty hunties. <laughs> and outrunning Wookiees. Yep. Wow. He's got six points of articulation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely has to be to be an effective bounty hunter, so. No, right? It's like, I imagine, it's kind of like what uh, L7 did. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he modified himself for his career choice, definitely. Um... So much like the Gand and the droid, Catherine Monroe, who portrayed Zuckus, and Forlom actor Chris Parsons are also very good friends. Hmm. Chris also played K-3PO and E-3PO in Empire Strikes Back when he was only 18. Uh, Originally, when Star Wars toys first came out, it was quite difficult and problematic for fans to know uh, which was Zuckus and which was Forlom. The toy company Kenner, uh, on the first release of figures, actually switched the names on the character cards, and so Zuckus became Forlom, and Forlom became Zuckus, and it was the topic of argument on grade school uh, playgrounds everywhere. I will admit, I had no idea for the longest time who was Forlom and who was Zuckus. Well, to be fair, they do look very similar. I mean, obviously, if you look long enough, you can tell, okay, one seems to be a droid, one's not. But, all in all, um, big bug head, so it's kind of hard to differentiate. But, um, yeah, uh... Hasbro had a very similar incident with um, Bumblebee and Cliffjumper um, because their vehicles were so similar. One was yellow, one was red, and they accidentally swapped it. Um, you could only tell the difference if you looked carefully. Um, uh, despite popular belief, both characters were not a Volkswagen, and so you could actually tell some Bumblebee figures were Cliffjumper painted yellow, and some Cliffjumper figures were uh, Bumblebee painted red. And so you get the Bumble Jumper catastrophe of the 70s. So, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Those things are super expensive now if you can if you can find them. Ladies and germs, we have our second nerd alert of the episode. <laughs> so, uh, because we're short on time, I'm going to breeze through the next guy because I just want to mention Greedo. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like not a lot of people know uh, a lot about canon Greedo. So, uh, fun fact, in a deleted scene from The Phantom Menace, it's actually detailed that he... Uh, fought with Anakin after he accused Anakin of cheating in the Boonta Eve pod race. He didn't believe he actually won fairly. And okay, so, so that is canon Greedo. Uh, the one that appears in the cutscene, the one that Warp Davis plays that's cheerful and all that, that is not uh, Greedo. That's a separate character. Okay, making sure. Um, but Greedo appears later there. He has a rough childhood growing up because he eventually, by the time he is like 20, I mean, I assume he was the same age as Anakin uh, by the time of The Phantom Menace, which means he would have been 19 by the time of Attack of the Clones, which is about the time he started working for Jabba the Hutt. Um, and so he started doing that, but he wasn't very good at his job and developed a habit of basically bringing in people for bounties and then helping them escape 
just so he could bring them back in again and get the money and let them escape and so forth and so on. Wow. He's actually the reason... He's not the, good. <laughs> yeah. He's actually the reason that Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, a.k.a. the Cantina Band, um, were brought to Jabba for paying off gambling debts, uh, served Jabba for years, and that's how um, Jabba put Greedo in his bad graces is because the band sold out Greedo in order to win their freedom and said, hey, that guy's skimming your money. Uh, and so the reason he was so obsessed with getting Han Solo was because he needed to get back in Jabba's good graces. He had just been uh, disgraced, and so that's not typically a good thing with the giant space slug. Yeah. So um, he actually uh, made a note to go back for the, the modal node cantina band after he got Han. He would have probably had Han too if his partners hadn't been uh, disabled. Uh, Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazan were actually supposed to help him capture Han Solo, but they ran into a lightsaber. <laughs> so <laughs> They ran into a lightsaber. Uh, five times. No. <laughs> he, ran, he had it coming. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he had to do it alone, and a big reason he was secondarily obsessed with Solo, uh, other than having to get back in Jabba's good graces, dreamy eyes. is because Han Solo actually stole Greedo's girlfriend. Oh? Yeah, Unkelta uh, was his girlfriend and decided that she liked Han Solo more. And um, so he was bitter. And, and so there you go. But I can't um, imagine what it would be like to kiss a Rodian. Uh, well, they're, they're permanently like puckered lips, so <laughs> hey, baby. it helps. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's kind of tragic. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he grew up on a slave planet. That's probably why he went into the business of Jabba the Hutt, because it's probably the most profitable option and he just has one tragedy after the other he appears in the clone wars and almost dies on one mission in particular and so that's probably why he started skimming money was because he was like hey i'm not very good at this so i might as well work on the small like he brought in jawas for bounties okay like when you're bringing in jawas for bounties you suck exactly <laughs> um so him dying in new hope uh rather quickly is kind of almost a sad thing yeah um and we gotta mention, we got to... Han shot first. Han shot first. Yes, he did. There you go. Uh, it's not that he shot first, he just shot. Which I guess still technically exactly. is shooting first, but... Yeah. Um, we can have a whole conversation one day about cut comparisons, but no. In, in right canon, uh, the, story the story group uh, has said that they treat the latest version as the version which has Han and Greedo shooting at the same time. But and it's all about what you grew up with. For us, Han yeah. shot first, so exactly. that's kind of the thing. Han shot first, Han shot, period. Uh, it's it's like, you know, to quote Nick Fury, we acknowledge that you made a decision where it is a stupid butt decision. We choose to ignore it and move on. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's... It. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, there, we got our boys. Yeah, that, you know, like I said, I wanted to mention Greedo because not a lot of people know much about Greedo, and yeah. I just think it's so hilarious. Yeah, we can go around to his legend story at a later date. It's not much better. It's really he's, not. He's still a bad bounty hunter there. Yeah. Um, but hopefully you learned a little bit more about some of these guys. Um, other... Wow. <laughs> that's a cat. Um, that's a loud cat. You know, sometimes it's a good reminder that Boba Fett is not the only bounty hunter out there. So, uh, let us know who out of the OG is your favorite. Um, and... Why? And if you learned something new, what was your favorite thing that you learned today about these bounty hunters? Yeah. Cool stuff. 
Uh, as always, we're going to transition into our Q&A uh, and uh, get to that. So as always, we asked you some cues, and uh, we got your A's to those cues. We're going to read some of those now and give you our A's to those cues. And then you asked us some cues that we're going to A today. Yeah. Follow me? All right, I, good. I barely follow anything. I uh, follow you on Twitter. <laughs> good enough. All right. So, uh, oh, did you want, well, you've been reading a lot. I'll do it. Okay. I uh, can do that. We will share the yolk. Um, we asked you guys on Twitter, who is your favorite Star Wars bounty hunter? Um, so, like I said, we already asked you guys who your favorite is, but again, if you didn't answer that and want to... Uh, brag on your favorite, or if you told us but want to elaborate more, obviously we love to hear from you guys no matter what, so let us know. Jonathan Maurer, though, said uh, Myra from KOTOR 2. Drunken as Guardian said Bosk, and then he and I proceeded to geek out about Jotocast and IG-72 and all that cool stuff, uh, which it was nice to find someone else that was really into it, like I am. Uh, Maria E. Wilson said Bosk. Uh, ben Brophy said Zuckus and showed off his son's awesome Zuckus costume. That was super rad. That is, that was just crazy. I I love uh, knowing that there's a little kid out there who uh, loves Zuckus. Uh, it's just it's nice to know that even the even the lesser known bug boys get love. So yeah. Uh, Sophie Dallas said Boba and Jazz from the Aftermath trilogy of books. We mentioned Jazz here, which was a nice little thing. Uh, Hope and Chris, who run a Clone Wars podcast, said uh, Cad Bane. Um, Excuse me, they said Cad freaking ca Bane. Yes, they said Cad freaking Bane. They're very adamant about it. <laughs> um, and so, uh, more than likely, Megan's going to love Cad Bane after we watch those episodes, too. Most so, likely. look forward to that on Friday's show. He looks cool. Uh, I mean, okay, we know. <laughs> but what's your answer? Who's your favorite bounty hunter? Oh, gosh. I have to think about it so hard. Uh, hi, JD. Big Sam. <laughs> no. Uh, Big Sam. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. We, you had a whole segment on the, yeah, on the honestly. maniacal, <laughs> mechanical terror. My boy. Um, and then, obviously, for me, I love Jango Fett. I love Boba Fett. I love Cad Bane. Um, so to be different, I'm going to say, uh, you know, He's not my favorite, but I love Cad Bane. His character is so great. The portrayal, the style, the just the. I love that he's an alien species. We don't get featured prominently enough. Um, obviously, now we have Shriv the Duros, who is my favorite. Uh, but uh, prior to Shriv, the the most well known Duros, even if people didn't know his species, uh, was Cad Bane, and so I love Cad Bane. Very cool. Uh, we also asked you guys, what are some of your favorite pieces of Star Wars music? Um, I was listening to Star Wars music, and I was like, hey, I like this. I wonder what other people like. Yeah. Uh, and so I asked you guys that. Michael Johnson said, March of the First Order, uh, the music of the throne room, and the original Star Wars and Darth Vader's theme. All good picks there. Mm -hmm. um, Although the March of the First Order. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Maurer said, uh, Your Father Would Be Proud by uh, Michael Gaiacchino. I am... So glad somebody mentioned uh, part of the Rogue One album. Mm -hmm. That is one of my favorite Star Wars soundtracks. It is gorgeous. And, I mean, it is so... Every every bit of it. Stardust, 
um, the uh, Imperial Suite. All, oh, so, so much. And I love the fact that it's not John Williams. Like, I love John Williams, but I loved that it's been proven. Uh, not only here, but also with Solo and with um, Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm -hmm. John Williams, yes, he built Star Wars music, but there's so many other great talents out there that we can yeah. trust with this. So uh, I geeked out when, when you mentioned that, so thank you, Jonathan. Rebecca said she doesn't really have a favorite, but she's recently been enjoying Kylo Ren's theme. Mm. Uh, Ryan Bullock said Battle of Heroes, very good. Rogue Squad Pod said Across the Stars, First Order March, Enter Lord Vader, and Impus Nest theme. Hmm. Uh, C.A. the Fat uh, Batman. Uh, I'm not calling you that. That's your actual Twitter name. So uh, He said Battle of Freight, Yoda's theme, Anakin vs. Obi-Wan, The Maw, The Last Jedi, The Spark, Battle of Heroes, and The Force theme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he had a whole album there for, for a sec. So. Uh, Christian Joseph Cousin uh, said Battle of Heroes and Duel of Fates. Um, Battle of Heroes actually has a mm -hmm. Duel of Fates reprise, I believe, so that's a good blend. Rebel Alliance said Binary Sunset, and mm -hmm. Chatter Squadron said The Asteroid Field. Really like that you mentioned that one. That one's a fun one. I find myself humming that mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm driving in the car and whatnot. So, I, I, you know, it's one of those that's a little lesser known, but it's so, uh, so significantly different. Um, so I really like it. it I, I equate it very closely to uh, the Millennium Falcon uh, yeah. and whatnot. So we got a lot of answers this time around yeah. on our questions. So to that, before we give you our answers, uh, I'll say if we don't read everybody's all the time, if they get this popular, um, don't don't feel bad. We'll try and mix it up. If we see some people that we've read multiple comments of, we'll try and make sure to find some new comments and whatnot. Yeah. Don't let that discourage you from answering because... We always like to interact with uh, your different answers and whatnot and geek out with you about it. Uh, but we also can't spend ten minutes all the time. We could. I mean, we could, but <laughs> then you guys get mad when our podcast goes over two hours. So, um, Ooh, shade. It's either you get everything and get a long episode, which you're probably getting in this one, or you don't get everything and then get mad when you don't get everything. What is it, this, an umbrella factory? Because that's a lot wins. of shade. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just saying it's it's a yeah. lose lose situation. I get you. Usually we go for the latter. Mm -hmm. We would rather give you everything and have a two hour episode than feel like we're making someone miss out or miss out talking about a certain character we know someone yeah. would love to hear about and so forth and so on. So. Well, you know what they say when you're being a, when you're being attacked by a group of carnies, go for the juggler. I don't know how that's relative, but what is relative is your answer. What is what is some of your favorite? I was kind of only looking for one yeah. piece of music, but everybody kind of gave me an album's worth of music. Yeah. No, like I I appreciate. I'm that. down with it. W one or two. What are you, what what are some of your favorite? Um. Well, I've always loved. Uh, stop it with that. <laughs> Duel of Fates is Obviously. my number one because it's so like every time I. I'm holding something in my hands that I can hit you with. I just start singing the Duel of Fates and start hitting <laughs> you with it. So you know, you it's know like, I love it. It's like definitive lightsaber music. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so great. <laughs> so great. Some yeah. of some of his best work. Yeah, definitely. and also, um, I love the March of the First Order because it reminds me of, you know, our first trip to Disney together. Mm -hmm. You crying 
on yeah. Hollywood Boulevard. It was very emotional, and in, yeah. even now, like it gets me so pumped. The drums, yes, like if you've never stood um, on the Main Street leading into Hollywood Studios yeah. where they do the march, and it's, it's very drawn out. They march up the entire boulevard. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've never been in Disney when they play music, like that every you they, like feel it. they want you like when they want to stop and make sure everybody hears a piece of music. You f- like, and there's so much war yeah. drama, boom, boom, but like, it's so yeah. awesome. I, I think, I love that one not because of anything in the film, mm-hmm. but you know, like that because yeah. of the memories and because of the emotion and because of the excitement. Yeah, you know, it takes me to a very real place. Yeah, and it's like the music at Disney, it is so visceral. Yeah, it general. really gets you. Uh, like in, I mean. You know everything from Halloween to Christmas to Star yeah. Wars. All of it, all of it uh, encapsulates you in the in the the world that yeah. they're trying to give you. And in this case, Star yeah. Wars. I mean, so. even like the castle shows. Mm-hmm. When we watched um, Happily Ever After, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't that. It was the one before. It was the story time one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone wasn't crying when You'll Be In My oh, Heart yeah. started playing. Well, so so much. I mean, even this last time when we went um, and got front row seats for um, the Star Wars uh, Castle Light show. So awesome. So, you, yeah. so great, too. And, and, I mean, obviously that comprises multiple things. Yeah. But Disney's just great at get, getting you feeling things. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I love, uh, my favorite and my kind of definitive piece of Star Wars music has always been the Imperial March, yeah. uh, or Darth Vader's theme. Um, uh, I love it, um, I loved it enough to learn to play it on guitar, it's just epic, uh, and, I mean, I just, I love it so much. Um, I also love the Imperial Suite on the Rogue One soundtrack because mm. it doesn't try to be the uh, Imperial March. It doesn't try to uh, do that. It gives the Empire a different sound while also feeling very Imperial, yeah. which I really like. Um, I love Your Father Would Be Proud from Rogue One because I love that scene. Uh, I yeah. love Across the Stars, but my probably um, one of the, mo- the more meaningful... I mean, I, I mentioned March of the Fourth Third, but one of the more meaningful ones is probably uh, Binary Sunset, a.k.a. the Force theme. Yeah. Uh, you know, um... It's just that that scene and the music and all of that captures Star Wars. That yeah. you know, Luke looking into the sunset. Ugh. Both instances that it happens. Uh, it's it, so emotional. It's yeah. so great. Uh, it's so Star Wars. So, it's so Star Wars. I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. Uh, Maria down in the valley was awesome enough to ask us three questions. Thank you, Maria. Um, but for time's sake, we're going to answer one this week and save the other two probably for next week. Um, doesn't mean that you guys can't still send us other questions and whatnot. Uh, it's part of why we appreciate Maria sending us multiple ones, uh, just because it helps us build a repertoire of cues uh, to A. Uh, yeah. So this cue is, if I can find it, if I can find it, yes. I have it. <laughs> what is your favorite theory about episode nine? I think I know is that Kylo's going to die at one of the Knights of Ren's hand? Uh, well, like, is that a big thing? It's like, a thing. I thought it was my thing. It's a thing. Oh, dang, I thought it had a thing. <laughs> uh, I thought I was special. I, I thought that was my thing. Um, I don't, well, 
obviously that's my personal favorite theory that I thought I came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my favorite uh, theory, the thing is you can get weird with your definitions of theories uh, and whatnot, but one I've liked is the theory that Ray is going to have a double-bladed lightsaber or a lightsaber staff because of her experience with a staff. Mm-hmm. I really like the I like idea of seeing that come back, you know, kind of reprise, uh, just because other than Darth Maul and obviously Savage Opress and the Inquisitors and whatnot, but pr- so in film, in film prominently, we have not seen a double-bladed lightsaber uh, again yeah. since it was made famous 20 years ago. Uh, wow. Yeah. 20 now, years. obviously, in, like I mentioned, Clone Wars and Rebels, we do get double-bladed lightsabers, so they're still around. But I would love uh, if she had a double-bladed lightsaber and one end had uh, the salvaged kyber crystal from Luke's lightsaber mm-hmm. and the other had one that she found. So she could have like a green and blue or a yellow and blue. I would love something significant like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think it would be uh, really awesome just because, and that's one of my favorites because I want to see her use something unconventional because Rey herself is very unconventional. I don't want yeah. her to use a saber saber. She, I loved seeing her use her staff when she got to in The Force Awakens and yeah. uh, The Last Jedi, so I want to see more of that. Um, and it's the one that's a little more grounded than everything else. Uh, again, other than mine, which is apparently not mine, <laughs> although I still believe that Carrie Russell, Ugh. Dominic Moynihan, and Matt Smith are part of the uh, Knights of Ren, and they're going to turn on Kylo Ren, and they are going to kill him. Carrie Russell's going to drive a lightsaber through his chest. Oh, So, yeah, what's your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is that you will finally be quiet. (laughs) You know what's going to happen, though, if I'm right, though, right? I'm going to get this dumb... my bananas. (laughs) Where did my plantains go? (laughs) (laughs) Just, like... I'll be sitting next to you in the theater, and I'll just hear my bananas. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, I no. will, I will lose my mind if that turns out to be true. And I'm gonna look at you, and then slowly back away, because oh I don't want to hear about that for the next ten years. Oh boy. Favorite theory. I have heard a theory that I want to share with you. Uh oh. Matt Smith is playing himself as the Doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, when, I know when he first was announced, people were like, oh, it's Palpatine. I'm like, what? What kind of sense does that make? Like, literally, they just said, hey, Matt Smith's in, in Star Wars now. British <gasps> Palpatine. actor. Bad boy. Honestly, I, I was with people that were like, Dominic Moynihan looks more like Palpatine than anything. I was yeah. like, I got that. But Palpatine's not in episode nine, guys. Palpatine's dead. It's not happening. Please. Palpatine is very dead. I'm Here's sorry. the thing. Things could happen. I don't want to. I don't want to stomp on your dreams. I just don't want it to happen. <laughs> I don't. I do not want Palpatine to come back. I want to move on. Let the past die. Uh, I mean, he already died thirty-five years ago. Let yeah. him. Let him. Let his. Let him die. Right. Let it be. Let it be. Let it just, be. Just let it be. Um, yeah. You know what I want. Wait, but so nine. is that really real? 
though? People think he's going to be the doctor? I've seen it before. I, that can't, I think that can't it. be in front. I don't think people no, are being serious. No, it's not, and I'm not being serious either. I don't want that stuff. Like, people talking about, oh, Disney owns Avatar. Does that mean Star Wars and Avatar can happen? No, it can't happen in the same... The blue cat people have their universe, and Star Wars has theirs. Stop trying they to... They have different blue cat stop, people. Stop trying to combine things, you monsters. Do you, do you need to take a nap? Maybe. <laughs> uh, so you were going to say, what What was... You know what I want out of episode 9. I want I want a redemption arc for Kylo. I want him redeemed too. I just want it to happen so late that it doesn't get to enjoy it because he's basically lived a horrible life and murdered his own father. I want him to be happy. <laughs> I, want... I want him to be happy for two seconds ben before he dies. Ben Solo deserves happiness! For two seconds. Shut up. And then he either... Now... Oh, no, no, Megan. To stop this, Megan. I'm going to throw a stuff no, no, no. slot no, no, at no. you. No, 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 this is different. This is different. Megan. Stop shaking the cat. <laughs> I'm excited. Stop shaking so, my baby. I changed my answer because I recently came across another theory uh, on Twitter. I can't believe oh, I forgot about it because people were talking about the Avatar, the last Airbender show coming to Netflix. And someone was like, you know what would be awesome? What if Ray pulled an Avatar and suppressed uh, Ben's force powers like he suppressed the firebending skills of Emperor uh, What's-His-Face. I was like, oh, that is so Ray. That is such a Ray thing. <laughs> That's so Raven. Well, because, okay, because my thing's always been, the reason I want Kylo Ren to die by the Knights of Ren... because you're a masochist. No, because Ray should not be a murderer. The same way that uh, Luke should not have killed Vader to win. That's not winning. Rey cannot win if she kills Kylo. That's not in her character. Something else has to happen. So Both I was like, cannot live while the other survives. So I was, okay. So somebody else will kill. I was him. joking. Knights of Ren. But what if Rey pulls a Rey and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna do something nobody expected. I'm gonna shut down your force powers." Because think, she's the and only. And then one. I'm gonna smooch you and have babies with you. She's the only one that knew that Luke did that to himself. She knows it's a possibility, so she's like, oh, what if I can save him by doing that? And then, they put him in prison. He's got to have consequences, Megan. He I just has threw to. a stuffed sloth, <laughs> if you just heard a whooshing sound. He has to have consequences, Megan. Like, Go you, live in a hole. He can't just, like, that's why, that's why Darth Vader had to die, because it was so difficult to understand, okay, what would be the consequences if he came to the light side? He's not going to come to the campfire and be like, hey guys. <laughs> I'm with the Right. Like, I mean, you know, so there has to be consequences. For him, that's either death or... Taxes. Justice. Jail. Uh, and I think the best way to ensure, hey, how are we going to put a force-sensitive dude in jail? <gasps> Take away his force powers. As long as he and Ray can have conjugal visits, I'm fine. It's not happening. I mean, platonically it can happen. But they better keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> Hand check. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna go into a corner with like my my Raylo friends. Sound off Raylo friends on Twitter. And we can just talk about how much how, what Ray and Kylo's children would look like. We'll have fun with that. <laughs> and then ignore you. So, uh yeah. If you haven't heard that theory, what do you think about that? Do you think that would be something Ray would do? Do you think Ray would kill Kylo? 
Uh, or do you think that Porgs are going to take over the galaxy? What do you think is going to happen yeah. in Episode Nine? Also, I used to think that Raylo was cringy. Now I'm on board. I'm still not on I'm board. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board that they have a relationship, but it's completely platonic, and they should not have babies. And Kylo Ren should probably die. But don't take that to mean that I don't love me some Ben Solo. Okay, I love Ben Solo has become one of my favorite characters. But also. How have we gotten away with not talking about that panel in the latest Star Wars, in the comic? Oh, Han Solo shirtless? Han Solo. <laughs> Han Solo, yes, that happened. Yes, um, Leia. The, the Swolo runs in the family. Yeah, you do. Uh, but, yeah, so let us know what your favorites are, all that good stuff. Um, in conclusion, check out our Patreon. We recently did a post there detailing some cool stuff that's happening. We're going to be starting videos and streams very soon. We've got some new tech and software that's going to be making that possible. Um, all kinds of good stuff, and you get it for a dollar a month. We would appreciate your sponsorship. Um, we appreciate you being patient with our ads and whatnot that are going to be starting in the shows. It's just about 60 seconds of your life away from Star Wars, so uh, and it helps us support the show, so thank you for being patient for that. Thank you to Anchor for giving us a platform to have this awesome podcast and being able to share... Uh, with you guys. Make sure that you hit us up on Twitter and Facebook because we love you and we want to hear from you. Uh, and we want to make sure that you have a connection to getting the most nerd herder goodness that you can. Yeah. All that good stuff. Have an awesome week, <clears throat> at least until Friday, when we can come and make it even more awesome with our Clone Wars rewatch, where we're talking about Cad Bane and the beginning of Season 2. I'm excited. Excitement. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Check it out. Let us know. Hit us up. Have a great week. Stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Bye!